And so we get into all of that. We get into confused spending and conspicuous spending and, you know, plain old, you just, you know, uh, this is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, your media hub for all things black entrepreneurship, politics, news and events in Hampton Roads and beyond. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black. Wall Street. Black Wall Street. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black. Black. And now, here's your host, Blair Durham. Greetings, 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 greetings. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this edition of Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham. I am so excited. This is episode number 36. One thing I have not shared with you all as of yet is that I am truly a foodie at heart. <laughs> Nothing makes me happier than a new restaurant, a good meal, and just eating in general. Um, but as I've observed the restaurant climate, I've not always understood or been satisfied with a number of restaurants, particularly Black-owned restaurants that seem to come and go. I've often heard it said that the restaurant business is the hardest to sustain. Overhead costs for food and staffing often upset profit margins. And the next thing you know, the business is upside down and struggling to remain open. Uh, we often visit up-and-coming restaurants and find that they're closed during posted business hours. And even though we may understand challenges with startup and accessing capital, us foodies are disappointed. And so today's show focuses on the restaurant business, how to build your food or beverage brand, how to scale or expand your business, how to stay in business, period. And to help us do that, we've invited two of our region's finest restaurateurs. Sean Dawkins of Cutlass Grill and Lakeisha Brown Renfo of Mango Mango. But before we get to them, please find us on Facebook and Instagram at Black Brand Biz and Black Wall Street Today as we continue the conversation even after the show. Uh, first up, Mr. Sean Dawkins. Oh my goodness. Sean Dawkins and his wife and business partner Rachel are the proud owners of Cutlass Grill in Chesapeake, Virginia. The restaurant specializes in Jamaican cuisine and American barbecue. As an independently owned family restaurant that provides delicious, fresh cooked home style food, the restaurant has been a true labor of love. Sean and Rachel started this journey 25 years ago when Sean casually stated that he would love to open a restaurant after retirement. Sean grew up helping his mom cook classic Jamaican dishes. Not only did he love to learn the cuisine, but he also had a natural talent to replicate everything his mother cooked. As an adult, Sean discovered that his talent and love for cooking is truly a gift from God. They came up with the name Cutlass Grill in honor of Sean's Jamaican heritage. A cutlass, also referred to as a machete, is used as an everyday tool for farming in the islands. Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's so wonderful to be here. It's uh, a delight to have you. Everybody that knows me knows Cutlass Grill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge fan, and I kind of want you to share your story, because people okay. that find your okay. establishment right now yeah. have no idea how you've, you know, how you got to this point. Yeah, you know, it, 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 it's been a journey. Um, but, you know, um, before I started the restaurant, we actually started the restaurant back in 2005. Um, we started a, um, a catering truck. Okay. We used to go around and do all the festivals and fairs and Hampton Roads, a lot down at the oceanfront. Mm -hmm. um, but prior to that, I worked for um, corporate for 23 years. Wow. So in 2005, I noticed that they start they start to send a lot of my work overseas, over to India and over to the Philippines. So the writing was around the wall that something was going to happen. 
So, um, you know, um, my wife and I, we, you know, said that, hey, let's give this um, um, food truck an idea. You know, no one in the area is really doing um, jerk, jerk, at authentic jerk at that time. Yeah. And a lot of folks really didn't know what jerk was. A lot of times when we mentioned jerk chicken, they're like, oh, is it like beef jerky? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it was something that I grew up, you know, loving jerk chicken, um, especially living in Jamaica. So we started, we got the trailer. And we started going around and, you know, at the festivals and fairs and doing jerk chicken and realized there was a need for it. And, you know, um, and then in 2010, you know, my job finally gave me the pink slip. <laughs> it was a blessing in disguise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. And then that's when we started our first restaurant um, because, you know, that was like in the height of the recession. And, you know, trying to get back into corporate after being in corporate for 23 years and have to learn a new culture. And uh, I just wasn't feeling it at my age and at my point in life. So... You know, um, I always said to, um, you know, my wife and I, hey, when the time comes and, you know, we prayed on it that, you know, we'll go ahead and, um, um, you know, open up our restaurant. So in 2010, we found a small restaurant that was in Chesapeake. Um, It was um, already was a a, a prior restaurant. So our our upstart costs would be extremely low. Okay, that's huge. Yeah, we'll come back to that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So I used a lot of my severance (laughs) that I received my, you know, said a prayer. Uh, met with the pastor was it was it was it was challenging you know and um yeah. you know it, I also a lot of times I teased my daughter at the time because uh, when I told her that I wanted to do the restaurant and she was like dad don't not everyone likes your food don't, oh do, it. don't do it she I don't want to be poor don't do it <laughs> <laughs> so wow. but anyway we stepped out on faith and you know things started out slow we didn't do any advertisement um you know that was a a key decision we made um, because social media was still new at that point. Yeah, this so, was 2010, right? This was 2010. Wow. Yeah, so we made the decision to just really focus on good food, good service, be patient, and you know, and people will talk about it, and people start sending in folks, and you know, before we knew it, um, three years later, we found ourselves, you know, looking for a new, a bigger spot. Yeah. And which we're which we're currently in. We've been at uh, location right now for five and a half years. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that's, that's the story cool. in a nutshell. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to dig into some of that. So you said you started with a catering truck. Is yeah. that the same as just a food truck? A food truck, that's correct. So you you weren't necessarily catering all the time. Sometimes I wasn't you were catering just pulling all the time. up to a location. Exactly. A lot of the t- okay. it, was, it was seasonal. So we really focused just doing the um, the um, summertime festivals down at the oceanfront, Town Point Park, North. Yeah. We did some wow. events over here. Um at, um, in, in Hampton um, okay. so we were doing a little bit of everything th- during the summertime just to really see if there was a need for it and you know it, it, and, it, and it took off it really realized to us that hey we have something here and, and you know we should pursue it a little further yeah it's amazing too to hear you say that there was a time where people didn't really know about Jamaican cuisine no, no they did I remember when my cousin yeah. took me to a Jamaican restaurant yeah. for the first time I mean it just it just blew me away yeah. I was like these things have been here all along, you know, but it was in like 2005 or six, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and there was only really one and, yeah, you know, absolutely. so, wow. And, yeah. And a lot, you know, this takes us back to a point where, you know, when, at certain events, 
folks would come up to us and say, hey, what is jerk? Mm -hmm. And we had to actually have a write-up on our menu board to explain what jerk is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, um, and you know, and... and I remember but, trying to prepare it in college, having never tasted it. Yeah, you know. How do you do that? Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, we realized it was becoming mainstream, you know, because yeah. I, I can actually recall going back then, going into 7-Eleven, and they had jerk hot dogs. I'm like, are you kidding me, wow. jerk hot dogs? So um, ah, it was getting out there. It okay. was getting out there. And, you know, and, and that's when we realized, you know, let's go ahead and jump on this opportunity. So Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I want to kind of dig into, if we can, the capital piece. Yes. Right? Because mm -hmm. I, I feel like that's where, that's where a lot of us either decide, you know what, we're not doing the restaurant thing at all. Yeah. Or we find some solution. It sounds like in your case, you found a restaurant that was yes, yeah. sort of already ready. Yeah. This might've been a God thing. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you know, one thing that I took back from my corporate days, you know, um, we used to launch a lot of products. Mm -hmm. And even though the products, they weren't 100% ready, mm -hmm. you know, you actually could still launch it. And then based on customer feedback, go ahead and make those changes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, That's I good. kept that in mind. So we went ahead and we kept it very basic, you know, kept the cost on low. You know, I worked a lot. My wife worked a lot. The kids worked a lot. Mm -hmm. um, we kept it in the family. And, um, and then as customers were coming in and giving us that feedback and we could see how things were selling, we slowly made those changes. Even to this day, we do the same thing. Yeah, you know? tweak. Um, yeah, you, you tweak it because you really don't know, um, you know, how customers going to receive it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, even when we do new menu dishes, you know, I, I try it on, on the staff first, mm -hmm. you know, and if they like don't say, oh, that. wow. Yeah, like exactly. That, yeah. If they don't say, oh, wow. You know, we're not we're not putting on the menu. Yeah. If they say, oh, it's okay. That's not good enough. You know. Chalkboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So we really wow. take our time on doing something, make sure we do it right and just be patient about it. And, you know, and therefore, when we finally do it, then we know that it will sell. I think that's a good strategy. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. We, so we in that that's initial how. smaller restaurant, you said you, you pretty much kept your menu. Yes. It was like. Basic. It was I, you just basic. had jerk chicken, a yes, yes, couple yeah. of different yes, sides. Yeah. yeah, and matter of fact, when we first opened the first restaurant, we, we like I said, we kept it very basic. It was, it was mainly a Jamaican um, menu. You had the jerk chicken, the curry chicken, you know, um, jerk pork. And then um, we realized a lot of folks were coming in and they're like, you know, hey, um, I can't really do the jerk. It's too spicy. Do you have anything mm -hmm. else? And I was like, no, that's it. And I was like, hey, you know. I'm doing barbecue because that's what jerk chicken is. It's barbecue. Let sure. me just go ahead and start implementing some American barbecue for those folks that's a little scared or or, or intimidated from trying the spices mm -hmm. from jerk because it mm -hmm. does have a little kick. Yeah. So we went and started sure. doing some of the American barbecue and hey, and to this day, it, it's doing extremely well. So we did like yeah. the pulled pork, the ribs, you know. Your and, restaurant is one of the few reasons why I miss eating beef your beef brisket oh exactly the beef the smoked beef, beef brisket yeah <laughs> which which takes some time so like i said you know i had a i love barbecue i love it and um and i love cooking it so you know i just hey worked on the beef brisket you know we use um different type of wood combination we use a combination of hickory and cherry wood and we smoke it anywhere from like 13 to 16 hours and to make sure it's tender and juicy and it, it's 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 delicious it's one of the top selling things on items 
It is. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So talk about, I know we, um, actually, just as a reminder, if you, if you just tuned in, this is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street today. Kind of um, super excited, <laughs> off my game a little bit because I've got one of my favorite restaurant owners here, uh, Mr. Sean Dawkins of the Cutlass Grill Restaurant in Chesapeake. And we're just talking about what it means to start and scale a restaurant business. Um, let's talk about staffing. Oh. How do we... Uh, it just... Yeah. yeah. I know it's a thing. Yeah. It's a challenge. Yeah. It's, it's a daily challenge. And what we realize... Like, is, we, there a, is there a formula to ensuring the business can be profitable with the staff that it needs, plus the quality of food that I know you want? And well, we do have a formula where it says, okay, in order to break even, we you know have to spend have to make this much in food, spend this much in staffing. And, you know, um, my my accountant, he actually did this formula that, that yeah. tells us what we need to make in order to break even and be profitable for that day. Okay, okay. Um, Is it realistic, though? Uh, it sounds like it's, <laughs> it's more pie in the sky. Do I review it every day is a question. Yeah. Because <laughs> mm. um, uh, one of the issues, like you said, is staffing and just trying to find the right people. And yeah. we realize, you know, um, um, we have a vision. And trying to hire someone that could share that vision um, it is a challenge. And we like we have folks that's been with us for four or five years, yeah. and we value them extremely as as a, an integral part of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because um, um, the success of the restaurant is just not on me. It's those individuals that the customers come in, they see the first ones that they see when they come through that door. Mm-hmm. They represent what my wife and I started. Absolutely. You know? So we have to be, we have to work very hard and we do our due diligence and, you know, um, selecting the right um, um, folks. Sometimes we um, um, hire folks with no experience because they have the right attitude and, and the right like character that we can train them and, 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 yeah. and, 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 and bring them. And sometimes that's the best, to be honest with you. Because mm-hmm. um, when you bring someone with the experience, you know, um, not to sound negative, they, you know, they have their baggage. Yeah. And sometimes when you get someone, yeah, you got to retrain and, you know, and, um, you know, folks are set in their own ways sometimes. So, um, you know, we realize when we bring someone in that doesn't have any experience, but they have the right personality, right attitude and the right character and and show them, hey, hey, this is how we like things done. Um, This is what we expect of you. You know, it seems to work better for us. And, you know, I tell a lot of times we get um, young folks right out of high school or in high school, their senior year, and they work with us through high school through college and even after wow. college, yeah. you know, they, a, they're yeah. coming and work with us on the weekends to make uh-huh. that um, cash, you yeah. know, because, you know, that cash at the end of the night when they have a, a regular nine to five where they're getting paid every week or every two weeks, but they work with us on the Friday and say night, they mm-hmm. get their cash. So mm-hmm. we still have folks to this day that's been with us for since we opened in 2010 wow. that will work with us over the weekend. So that's, that, that's a testimony how, um, how we value our business, how we value people that work for us. Yeah. Any staffing needs right now that you're going to announce? Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. We're always looking for um, talented folks. Front of the house, um, bartenders, um, um, chefs. We consistently are looking. Um, Yeah. I find myself in the kitchen a lot. (laughs) Yeah. um, But that's probably a good thing, though. It it is a good thing. And you can cook. Thank you. Thank you very much. It is a good (laughs) thing. And one thing I like to tell folks is that... Whenever you come to my restaurant and to our restaurant, I know my wife is like, you keep saying my, 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 sorry. <laughs> sorry, Rachel, we love you. <laughs> love you, babe. But um, 
Whenever um, you will always make sure that the food will, we will always make sure the food will be consistent. Mm. Number one, because mm. it's my recipes. Number two, I'm always in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. It's not like if I have one of my chefs, um, you know, get up and leave, that I have to find someone that knows how to cook something. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, can you cook oxtails? All right, go ahead and cook some oxtails. Every single dish that is in that restaurant that is prepared that comes out, it's my recipe. So let me ask you From desserts, we do from scratch, everything. Yeah. So when it comes to... got three minutes and I got two more questions for you. So Mm -hmm. um, consistency is everything. Yes. Right? And that's, I mean, hands down, you you got that. Yes. Right? Thank you. But is that the enemy of scaling? Does that keep you from growing the way yes. you'd like to grow? Yes. You know, because a lot of times, you know, I, I've had Because I've seen other restaurants where they got a great thing, yeah. then they try and open a new one, yeah. and it's like... Yeah. You see it every the day. The quality at both restaurants goes yeah. down. Yeah. And, you know, you and know? yeah, because you're moving resources around mm-hmm. trying to, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, make up for the other restaurant that's not doing so well. And I have opportunity. We have an opportunity um, where folks want us to do a second location, but... We're just not there, yeah. You know, because this type of cooking, you know, when when you deal with this type of home style cooking, yeah, you know, I could have someone cook the same thing that I could cook, and to be honest with you, mine would taste better, you know, and and and, and that's what mm-hmm. part of the challenge is because this type of you can't and just trying to get into the consistency. Well, don't go to this location because this location is better. This doesn't taste the same. I'd rather not deal with that. So I, we'd rather put all our time and energy and love into one location baby. and yeah. yeah, and just work on that and just um, you know get that to a point where it's just you know doing extremely well like how we're doing. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna go to a low point, and then we're gonna try and end on a high note. Okay. So I know there can be challenges. You guys had to deal with a fire this oh, year. Oh yes, yeah. That yeah. happens in restaurants. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How did you bounce back from that? How? What, what uh, was that like? I, I, I tell you, it, it was nothing but the um, it was nothing but the grace of God because at the day of the fire, which was caused by a lot of people thought it was caused in the kitchen, wasn't. Uh, we're closed on Sundays and Mondays, and Mondays we do a lot of our cleaning and get our inventory in. So we. we we took our towels out of the dryer and put them in the um, in the in clean laundry bin and left for the night. Three hours later, caught on fire. Um, we realized when the we came dryer? in the next, the towels out the dryer. Oh my goodness! Um, you know, thank God there was a pipe in the ceiling that the fire melted and put the fire out. But we had so much smoke and soot throughout the whole restaurant. And the day when we had the fire, the following day, the insurance company came out and said, you know what, you're going to be closed for four to six months. <laughs> and that my whole life just... Devastated just, all of Hampton Roads. I, I, <laughs> I tell you, I, felt, I never felt numb before, and that's my only time I felt numb. Wow. And, you know, but when we started working and, and getting things done, and I've been deal, dealing with certain contractors and painters, and, you know, I, I realized how things were moving. And I was like, you know what? I think we could open this in a month. And thank God, you know, there was a lot of people praying. Folks yes, told me I there had, were. yeah, I had a lot of congregations <laughs> out there praying for Cutlass Grill. And wow. we got open in a month. And even to this day, my insurance agent said to me, I can't believe you turned around and got that place open up in a month. That was amazing. It is extremely amazing. And wow. we haven't missed a beat. No, I just want to encourage you. If you're listening and you haven't been to Cutlass Grill in Chesapeake yet, 805 North Battlefield, you're missing out. 
If they are interested in employment opportunities, can they go on the website or should they call? They could call the restaurant, um, ask to speak with um, uh, one of the owners or the chef. Okay. Um, You could um, go on the website. Actually, the best way to do is just call. Just call. Yeah, 757-382-0015. There's nothing on the menu that's bad. You will have Thank a you. wonderful experience Thank at you. Cutlass Grill. Thank you so much, Sean. Thank you, Blair. It's a pleasure. Thank you so yes. much. Yes, you know we'll be back there soon. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And when we come back from the break, I have a special surprise for you all uh, for hashtag add this to the list. A truly gifted young lady who is patenting a new lemonade that you're going to love to hear about. I have said and I will continue to say that the most important priority for the black community is the black community, not a particular political party. I have said and I will continue to say that the most important priority for the black community is the black community, not a particular political party. I have said and I will continue to say that the most important priority for the black community is the black community, not a particular political party. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Y'all, I'm so excited. I'm not supposed to say y'all, but it's one of those days. I have Dr. Sunshine Swinson in the house. Hello, hello. (laughs) She's the owner of Fit Bar and Fit Bar Express, which is a group fitness juice and smoothie bar. She also runs a not-for-profit 501c3 organization called Fit Bar Kids, aimed at eliminating childhood obesity. To round out her entrepreneurial portfolio, she also runs The High on High Street, a members-only private lounge and event rental space. Sunshine is also a member of Delta Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. In her 36 years on this earth, life has thrown its share of obstacles her way. However, through it all, she's managed to continue to love people and give it her all. Wow. That sounds so cute. Sunshine. Yes. Hi. I can't even call you Sunshine anymore. I just found out you're Dr. Sunshine Swimson. I've been a PhD for... Maybe three years now. Hardworking lady. Yeah, going Doing to law school. Everything. Oh, I just want all the. I'm like Kanye West. I want all the degrees. I'm Go sleep ahead, with my degrees. young lady. <laughs> well, the reason why I wanted to share Dr. Swinson with you all today is because I was so impressed with her pitch at the Something in the Water Community Pitch Contest. Blew me away. This Thank lady you. understood her business inside and out. Yes. Financials on point. Um, that's a must. Yes. And as a result, well, not really as a result, but she's launching her or has launched her mm-hmm. ginger lemonade product, yes, ginger which I got lemonade. to taste for the first time this morning. Absolutely delicious. Want to encourage you to stop yes. by. Where can Fit they Bar in Churchland, 3409 Tyronet Road um, in Churchland. We're located directly beside Planet Fitness um, and soon to be in Norfolk. Wow. We're coming to Norfolk as well. I need you to tell this story. How did all of this come about? Because <laughs> well, we were born, right? And yes. then the next thing you know, we got a PhD and we're running all these companies. Yes. And how'd so, you get there? very short, typical um, urban story. I was a teenage mom um, trying to not become or stay a statistic, um, so to speak. So, I went off and education was the only way out. So, I pushed really hard for education. My goal was to be a city manager. I may still do that one day. Mike, um, go ahead. But I got into um, a very close uh, relationship with a young lady, um, a best friend of mine, and she got diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer. So we were nice, thick, curvy girls. You know, we really didn't need too much to do anything. But when she got hit, she looked like me. We had kids. We had husbands. You know, we were one and the same with no family history. So we started working out and changing our eating habits. And unfortunately, when she lost that battle, it completely sent me forth. 
I didn't understand. So it had to be what we were eating. So I found juicing. I started juicing. I lost 68 pounds. Changed my life completely. And from there, I wanted to, where I grew up, Portsmouth, I wanted to show them that we can still be cool, we can still be hip, and have fresh ingredients in our community. And from there, 2015, Fit Bar opened. 2017, wow. I left a full-time career um, to do um, Fit Bar uh, full-time. Four years later, we're, we're here, we're thriving, and the glow up is real. So yes, it this is. This is definitely our year. Look at your face. Too. I know. I just She's smile like, when I not wearing makeup, just over here shining yeah, and glowing. Yeah, it's too hot for makeup, girl. Stop. Look, you see me. I'm fair like, face uh-uh. too. So I want to get into. We've got three minutes. Okay. I want to talk about the fundamentals of a pitch because I really yes. believe this is where our community is lacking. Yes. And there are so many contests happening that mm-hmm. we're excluded from because we don't have those basics down. Absolutely. Talk about how you put yours together. So the first aspect is you have to know your product. Um, I'm pretty sure there are many entities within your company, but you need to focus on essentially what will grab the person's attention. I tell people um, when they come to me or they're talking to customers, if you're in the health and fitness um, industry, the first thing that you should say is something that's going to catch the consumer's attention. Hey, I can help you lose 20 pounds in 30 days just by working out with me. Most people are going to stop and say, you can help me do what? You got their attention. So don't inundate them immediately with all you have. You may have meal prep. You may have group fitness classes. You may be a personal trainer, but the goal is to get them in and borrow an extra 30 seconds. Mm. So once you get them with the attention grabber, as I always open up, we're appetite suppressant and an energy booster, similar to a five hour energy but all natural. When you hear that, you can connect to something that's already on the market, but the all natural, which is the buzz now, will get me an extra 30 seconds because now you're intrigued. So once you buy the extra 30 seconds with the person, you want to initially still hit them in their heart. So if they did the weight loss thing, now they're like, okay, how can they do that? Then you break them in with the 30 seconds. Well, if you give me two minutes of your time, Right now, I can show you something or this. And you intrigue them to take it a step further. So you want to buy more time within the conversation. You get more time by engaging with target words. You have to know your customer. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I put it together with mine. We want to let them know what Ginger Lemonade is. And then from there, if you're looking at investors, investors don't care about the feel good. They really don't even care about how great your customers love you. They want to know the numbers. So one, you have to know how much it costs to make your product. How much does, uh, please someone write this down. That is How much does it cost to make your product? To make your product. sometimes we don't know that. They don't know. And honestly, when I first started out, I was kind of throwing numbers out there. So literally what I did was I literally went and bought every single ingredient Mm -hmm. that it took to make one product. Mm -hmm. And I at that one time, I made everything and laid it out. And mm-hmm. I did it old school. Mm-hmm. I counted. Counted. Okay, so it took me $100 to make 100 bottles. Okay. Oh, man, my profit, I only, t- it's a dollar bottle. A dollar bottle. If I bottle. scale it up and buy 200 then I can get it down to 75 cents. Sure. So I went through a lot. I Let me ask you to, this, just to cut you off really mm-hmm. quickly. Do you factor in the cost of your time? when you're figuring out this number? Initially, no. And the reason why I say initially no, because most of the time, entrepreneurs were one-man show. Mm -hmm. Um, As you're starting off, we Mm -hmm. work for free. So once you get to a point, you want to get your base number. That is your bare minimum. That if an investor came in and it says, okay, how much are you costing to make this? From there, you can scale up. But initially, you need to have that number in your head. And then you can say, well, I'm worth 50 cents. 
So now it goes from $1 to 50 cents. And then if you're selling the product at eight or $9, you got an 80, 90% profit margin that you can scale within. But in your mind, you must know what is your true cost. What is your true cost? What's yes. another number we need to know? Um, you also need to know um, when it comes to scaling what you're buying, you need to know if there are different ways to manipulate that. So you know what your cost is initially of how you're doing it, but you also need different ways to either scale that up or scale it back. So one of my pitch was currently um, my profit margin. I'm operating around a 60, 70% profit margin. That's awesome. Um, I'm trying to get to an 80, 90% profit margin. And the pitch was, if I do this, if I do that, that's how I can get there. So you have to know the growth within your market. Um, and for me, it was, you know, getting extra juicers, um, capacity to store more and manufacturing my bottles um, from a three step process down to a two. Wow. OK, so all right, I just heard that in my spirit. We will have an entire show. Yes. How <laughs> to pitch your business. We're going to do a full long. hour with you, open up the phone lines, mm-hmm. all of that. Unfortunately, that's our time for right now. Well, but again, it. reiterate, how can people get your product? Yes. How can they find you? So um, you can order our product online. It's fitbarva.com. You can go there. Ginger Lemonade is there. All of our manif- um, merchandise is there, our detoxes. Or you can come visit us in store. Right now we're at 3409 Tyronet Road in Churchland, right beside Planet Fitness. And our number is 757-483-3111. 483-3111. Yes. 3409 Tyronet. I will reiterate that later in the show as well. Mm-hmm. You are a blessing. Thank, Thank you so you. much. We will talk to you soon. Yes, yes, yes. Thanks, All right, Blair. Sunshine. A couple of quick announcements for those that are just maybe getting into the restaurant business or maybe been in the restaurant business for a while and need to do some networking. The Fast Casual Executive Summit is being held October 13th through 15th in Austin, Texas. It's more than just another trade show. The Fast Casual Executive Summit is a chance for restaurant executives to get together in a casual work setting and learn from one another. Interactive sessions delve deep into topics that are on the minds of restaurant leaders today and the summit's format allows the collective wisdom in the room to be distilled into concrete actionable ideas that attendees take home with them also coming up actually if you want more information on that summit fastcasualsummit.com fastcasualsummit.com another conference coming up is the restaurant finance conference if you really need to dig into those numbers i know a lot of us do um the restaurant finance and development conference is all about the business side of the restaurant business and is a must-attend event for restaurant company owners and executives the conference is known as the restaurant deal makers event and you'll find the best networking in the industry there for more information about that event which is coming up november 11th through 13th in las vegas visit restfinance.com forward slash RFDC as in Restaurant Finance Development Conference. So that's www.restfinance.com forward slash RFDC. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm so excited about our next guest, Miss Lakeisha Brown Renfo. Hold on one second. Bear with me. <laughs> my computer is doing weird things. Here we are. Bear with me. I'm normally on point. With a jar of juicy mangoes, sugar, vanilla, and lime juice cooked to preserve perfection, 
hand-stirred, hand-poured, and hand-bottled Lakeisha Brown-Renfro and her business partners Tanisha Willis and Zinga Tule-Hakima have built an entrepreneurial empire. They started about 15 years ago as event planners using the mango preserves as a catering ingredient. Lakeisha and her business partners became part of the phenomenon dubbed the Shark Tank Effect after having a record-producing airing on the acclaimed television series Shark Tank. This very successful airing quickly thrust the owners and Mango Mango into the national and international spotlight, and the company's production and fulfillment teams virtually grew overnight and kept expanding to meet the ever-expanding demand. In the true entrepreneurial fashion, Lakeisha and the ladies channeled their earnings into four other businesses, and I think coming up on five, in Hampton, Virginia, including a boutique spa, the boutique at Simply Panache Nail Bar and Petty Spa, a bistro-style restaurant, Mango Mango, a Simply Panache Bistro, a boutique hotel, Simply Panache Place, and their latest venue, which takes them back to their roots, so to speak, an event space, The Hampton, a Simply Panache venue. Oh my goodness, Lakeisha, welcome to our show. I am so happy to be here. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here with you. I am just delighted to have you for all reasons. As you know, we're focusing on the restaurant business, and I really want to hear your story. I mean, I know we just yes. heard some details. Yes. But when you start with the concept and you grow it into a brand and you figure out how to scale it, yes. That that's something that our community needs yes. to understand. Yes. Much better. I, so I think that us. the bio you just read was full of butterflies and rainbows. And feel goods, yes. right? All the feel goods. But the real, real deal is perseverance. When yeah. it comes to the restaurant business, yeah. it is not as easy as it looks. So um, for being in our community, that's the highlight of us being in, you know, in the restaurant business. But yeah. we've had many challenges, um, you know, not just scaling, but just making sure that we stay there. So we are thriving and yeah, surviving at the same time. How does that work? <laughs> it's does, like the it's a conundrum. It's yes, because like, everybody knows. Yes, that you're just doing the thing. Yes, yes. But at the same time, it's it's still a yes. daily it's, work. It's a it's it's daily. Let me give you a little insight on things. We have been here three years, and we have had over three hundred team members who do not work there right now. And so I always say team members because people don't work for us. We work together. Yeah. So um, we have three people who, 300 people who were a part of our team who don't work there right now. So you're constantly training. You're constantly um, hiring. So that's one of uh, the challenges that we have had as far as expanding. People always ask us, are you all, yes, wow. are you going to bring Mango Mango somewhere else? And, you know, we would love to, but we are still, even with our success, we are still finding out how to do it. What is the recipe, especially when it comes to having exactly. a staffing and having a team that will, you know, be a part of in this vision that wow. we are I growing. We're all finding that out. Yes. Fact, that was one of the questions I asked Sean. Um, from earlier in the show is let's talk about the staffing piece. Yes. Always hiring. Yes. He did talk about, he gave us some feel goods about, you know, still having some staff from day one. Yes. But the reality is. Yes. Now that's true. So see, it's so, 
it's it's pretty much the same in our restaurants because we have staff from day one. Mm -hmm. So our core leadership staff, most of them are there. That's awesome. Most of our core leadership staff are there, but the servers and the other part that make our team a whole, mm -hmm. those people are ever, you know, it's ever. Fluid. Yeah, it's fluid. It's ever changing. <laughs> yeah. So. Wow. Um, that's been one of um, one of our our challenges, but we are learning to work within it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so let's go back. So, <laughs> yes. So, so it didn't start with this idea for a restaurant, right? No, it did not. Um, it started with it started with those mango gourmet mango preserves. preserves, and these preserves we call them a party in a jar because you can use them over a hundred ways. And we were using them in our event planning days in all different kind of complexities from um, corporate events. We would put it in the have our chef put it in our mango vinaigrette and add red wine vinegar and olive oil to make a vinaigrette. Then we would put it in our lemonade at the farmer's market. And then we would go to the food shows and do demos. So we would put it in our shrimp to make a mango ginger shrimp. Wow. And we kind of looked at each other and we're like, oh my goodness, we got something here. And we um, started producing it for retail sale and we started going to food shows and Whole Foods picked it up. And we're Break now that down though. Yes. Because there are people this that are in the I have something. Yes. How do I produce it? Yes. Like that is so very important. So Virginia is a very good state for agriculture. So okay. we got in contact with the Virginia Finest Program that's okay. in Richmond. Okay. And we submitted our preserves to that to the Virginia Finest Program. And they accepted it for us to to allow us to wear the Virginia Finest label on our jar of mango. Wow. So we started going to food shows mm -hmm. through the Virginia Finest because once you become Virginia Finest, you're mm -hmm. eligible to be in the Specialty Food Association. So is that Virginia Finest, is that a membership? What? So it, it's a free membership, but it's okay. yeah, but it's it's through the state. Yeah. And you can just, you know, Google it and yeah. you submit, you have to have all of your, um, you know, your ingredients, of mm -hmm. course. Mm -hmm. You have to have, and even if you don't, they will take you through the FDA process. They will get okay. you wherever you wow. need to go. And they told us about a commercial cannery out in Hanover. Um, actually in Ashland, Virginia, called the Hanover Cannery. Okay. So we started going to the Hanover Cannery and producing our preserves our producer there. producer is not his hand agreement. He knows about the Yes, yes. So we... <laughs> Yes, yes, they do tomatoes and green beans there. They wow. sure do. Yeah, the and white, yes, the white yes. Okay. And we, yeah. we, um, so we started going to the um, Hanover County Cannery, and we were their only little small. So a lot of people don't know about this place because we were their only little small commercial small business um, people that actually went out there to produce. So wow. we started producing, and after pr production. Um, we went to the food shows. We got picked up with Whole Foods. We kept going to the farmers markets. We actually do the that part. yes. We actually okay. do the farmers markets right now to this day. Wow! So people could potentially see me out at Buckrow or Yorktown. We are always at the farmers markets because this business, not just the preserve business, but the relation, the restaurant business, everything is built off of relationships. Mm -hmm. You know who you get the opportunity to meet yeah. to find out information from um, the juice that I just had this ginger lemonade oh amazing goodness. amazing I, I'm looking forward to speaking with her and 
you know, giving her some insight on what we've done and sharing. So everything is about, you know, relationships. Let me interrupt you quickly. Sure. I get carried away in this yes. conversation. I'm a foodie and I yes, love all this. Yes. But if you're just tuning in, this is Blair Dern with Black Wall Street today. We're actually talking with Lakeisha Brown Renfro, the owner of Mango Mango and the and the Mango brand. We're talking about how they built this incredible thing, how it works. Yes. So we're getting some, oh my God, I didn't even know about the Virginia Finest Program. Yes. I mean, that, that is Facebook the Virginia <laughs> Finest Program. I always tell people to start there. When we came out, it was really big. You know, they, you yeah. would see Virginia Finest labels everywhere. Yeah, and I, I can see their, their logo. Yes. And now yeah. that they don't, I guess it's not as many people in the food space, mm-hmm. you know, in the Hampton Roads area as it once was, mm-hmm. or there are people who don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. So I always um, encourage people to start there because they have all the resources that you need and they're totally free. Wow. We totally, people pay to sit in front of people to get at Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. We literally did it free with the Virginia Finest. No, there wow. is some fee that you pay to be in the shows. Sure. But for that knowledge that they're giving for with the Virginia Finest was just, I mean, it's a big a part of why, why I'm sitting here with you today. Wow. So um, after we um, went to the farmer's markets and um, then our, we call them our farmer's market friends, they started encouraging us to go to um, to Shark Tank. And we looked at the show wow. and said, that's not something we want to do. Well, we submitted um, an application online. They called us right away. They told us that they loved our social media and our marketing. So that's very important as well when you're building anything. Very well branded. When you're building anything, it's branding and marketing and, you know, just getting out there so people can feel a connection with you. So we started doing that. And then we went on QVC and sold out five times. So all the earnings that we made, we kind of invested back into the community. So we that's where the restaurant there, came. Because yes. that's another pain point for our community. And you might have heard me just asking Sunshine, the pitch piece. Yes. Even though we see the Shark Tank, yes. we still go to these pitch contests and yes. do horribly. One yes. pain point for me is I was asked to uh, prejudge right. some of the um, the products? Well, some of the... Well, yeah, some of the products that we're going to potentially have an opportunity to pitch at something in the water. Right. At 26 of them. It was very clear which ones were developed by us. Right. They didn't have any numbers in them. Right. Right. Knowing your numbers... So and sh- they therefore didn't get to pitch. Yes. Right? So yes. I'm like, man, how did you... Yes. This is a great idea. Yes. You know, great idea. Yes. Well, okay, you know what? Forward. I think that we suffer from what we don't know sure so what sunshine what i heard her saying is knowing your numbers Mm -hmm. you know we need to know everything about our product it's like knowing your child Mm -hmm. you know so i i need to know how much the lid on my jar costs i need to know how much my jar costs i need to know how much my label costs i need to know how much my mangoes cost my sugar my lime juice my vanilla and i also need to know how much my labor is Mm -hmm. you know i ask about that yes if you have food the cost yes if you have a team because that's really your total costs yeah you know if someone's being paid so to produce you that have the staff yes you have them accounted for yes. that number yes okay. yes wow so you need to know all of that information in order to really know your product mm-hmm. you know the you need to know the potential of who you will be selling your product to you need to know that the specialty food um the specialty food how much the specialty food, uh, how much they make a year. 
you know, this what type of industry this is. So you need to know all of those things to really know your product, to know what you're, wow. you know, what you're getting in. And we started, we started right there. We started with Virginia Finest, but we started with knowing our numbers and knowing our product because that will lead you where you need to go. Everybody wants to be in Walmart, Target, and all of these other places, you know, that are big box stores. Well, that wasn't for us because you can sell millions of jars in Walmart, but you may not make millions. Where I can go and have my product in a small specialty store and the price is going to potentially be more because it's not a Walmart. Mm -hmm. And I can make more with less with less stores. So we're in 600 stores. That sounds really dynamic, but for a major brand, that's nothing. You may add about four more zeros on that. I didn't know that. you were in 600 yes, stores. Yes, we're stores in six, in? We're, we're specialty in, stores. Yes, in specialty food stores across the nation wow. and, you know, internationally as well. Congrats. So we're in a lot of, in the Mid-Atlantic region, we're in a lot of stores. I mean, we have customers as far as, we have New York, D.C., Canada, Texas, all you know, all different kind of, um, all different kind of stores. Yeah. So, so specialty. And so big box was not for us. Specialty was for us because we, we wanted to, um, make sure that we maintain the integrity of our product, but we also wanted to be sure that we weren't working for nothing. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes people want to be in that store. So, because it kind of validates you. And it does. So, but you have to be strategic about the stores that you, 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 you know, that your products are placed in. Yeah. Goes back to the branding piece and, Mm -hmm. and all of that. Wow. Okay. So what I just learned is that the preserves are still the main thing. Yes. So we, the the preserves are the main thing. So, um, we operate like Sam Walton. When you go into Sam's club, Sam's club makes their money on the membership. Mm-hmm. We make our money on the preserves. Okay. The restaurant business, <laughs> I always say it's speaking spinach. That's what my business wow. partners and I talk about, speaking spinach. Because when you're cooking that spinach, you have a spinach overflowing. So that's our gross numbers at Mango Mango. But when you cook that spinach and it shrinks down into that skillet, that's the net. And that's the restaurant business. It doesn't matter what restaurant it is. It's the restaurant business. And there's so many variables in the restaurant business. You are going so to... You almost have to have something to undergird that Yes. Business. You're going to come in and there's some, going to be something broken every day. You know, there's going to be someone who calls out. There's going to be something that happened where your guests may feel like you were understaffed, but they don't know in the background that someone had an emergency. So there's so much in the restaurant business that you almost cannot control. So you have to be, um, you have to be diligent, and you just you you can't you can't give up. Restaurants are so important to have in our community because it's a place where people fellowship. It's a place where people share ideas. It's a place where people eat and enjoy. So it's really important for us to keep Mango Mango strong. But it's it takes a lot to keep Mango Mango strong as yeah, well. And it sounds almost as if you're not doing that for your customers. Yes, that's what we say. This is our ministry. This is a labor of love. Wow. 
It's a labor of love. This is why we have so many different elements in our restaurant. This is why when we built out our restaurant, we wanted to make sure that we had a rooftop so we could host dinner and a movie and paint nights and all of these different things because we knew from studying the restaurant business, the numbers are not there when you start off. They're just not there. It takes a lot. There's a lot to learn before you get there. Yeah. Yeah. If you're just tuning in, this is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street today. Still chatting with Lakeisha Brown Renfro of the Mango brand. Um, I want to ask you this. So, got the preserves. Yes. Got the Mango Mango, the restaurant. Yes. yes. Then, the spa? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, some people don't know the spa was actually there before the restaurant opened. So we have mango shea butters and mango scrubs. And, you know, it's just another opportunity to give back to our community and give our community something that we, you know, all desire, which is service. Mm -hmm. Sometimes our communities are overlooked. Um, You know, people expect they have a certain expectation of what a restaurant is going to be or what a spa is going to be in an urban dwelling. But for us, it's all panache. It's all giving people what we want. For sure. So it's been a it's been a labor of love. And it's just I I, I can't say that, you know, enough. You know, the shark said no, but God said yes. And it was just an opportunity for us to give back to our community. And um, I mean, we're watching. We use that in every. We yeah, we use the vision. A lot of us have. Yes. Okay, we see our brand doing this thing right but the practicality of it right that's where we gotta learn yes 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 i I know it's god but i've i've been taught yes you you, you pray like it depends on god but you work like it depends on you You, exactly that part yes you know yes it depends on us and it depends on our team without a good team we i wouldn't be sitting here today we have a great general manager we have can i can i invite you back right now another time <laughs> sure i'm sorry i'm over, i'm talking too no, long okay. <laughs> no you're doing great it's just that we need yes a whole as i said to sunshine we need a whole hour yes on scaling our businesses that you yes have, you know yes we need it in person we need it on the air we need it all the time quarterly monthly probably. i understand <laughs> for right? sure for sure and i just want to get that commitment from you yes come back certainly if you haven't been my pleasure mango mango Yes. Yeah. They're the only place in Hampton Roads that has fried salmon, banging, uh, <laughs> gumbo. They will host your nine-year-old's birthday party oh, at yes. Fanage, and then you can go to the restaurant after, and there's a bed of breakfast, and they're so dope. Thank you so much, Blair. So, we're going to have you back? Yes. Okay. Yes. I promise. Thank you so My much. My pleasure. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Okay. Talk soon. Take awesome. Care. Thank you. I have a special treat for you guys. Everything I have is a special treat because I just, you guys know, I just love doing this. But here's what I got to share. A lot of times we suffer in every business because we don't have our personal debt under wraps. We just don't, right? So it's going to be very hard for us to be successful in anything we try to do on the business side if we don't have the personal part squared away. So I wanted to make sure that I brought you guys this information um, pertaining to a way to get this personal debt taken care of. I think about three weeks ago, we had some gentlemen on, our phones are ringing off the hook. People need information about how to resolve their personal debt issues. So um, here to share with us is Mr. Gary McCullum. Gary, are you there? 
hear me okay, Blair? Yes, I can hear you. Awesome, awesome. I was waiting for that phone to ring. These people need this well, information. Shout out, shout out to Miss Brown. I did hear a portion of the show, and congratulations mm-hmm. to her on what she's doing. And, you know, it's a great segue for what I wanted to give a shout out to, and that is, you know, we can't, as you mentioned, you, you can't really be successful in business if your personal life is all jacked up financially. And so that's what we're doing. And so if, you, if I have a moment, I'd love to share with you a program that we've launched. Please here do. In um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful program based on the teachings of Dr. DeForest B. Soares. It's called, it's called Say Yes to No Debt. It's a 12-step program to financial freedom. And that key word there, freedom, is exactly what he means because he teaches this based on Scripture. Uh, Proverbs 22.7 says that the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. And a lot of times that's exactly what happens. We don't have physical shackles on, but, you know, those plastic shackles can hold us and keep us from doing those things that we want to do in business. It keeps us from doing those things that we want to do for our families, for our community. We have good intentions, but we're just so racked with debt, uh, uh, delinquencies, deficit spending that we, we just don't see any way out. In fact, we are, in fact, enslaved. Wow. So we, we've launched this program. Um, again, the teachings are based on Dr. Soares. Uh, his teachings say yes to no debt. That's kind of the motto of, of, the, of, the, of the program. Say it's yes to no debt. I love it. Yes. It's a 12-month program. Uh, it's free of charge. We don't charge you anything. All we ask you to do is to come. Each class is one hour. Each workshop is one hour. It's held on the second Saturday of every month. Again, that's the second Saturday of every month. It's held at the historic First Baptist Church in Norfolk, 418 East Butte Street. Again, that's 418 East Butte Street, the historic First Baptist Church uh, in Norfolk. And uh, again, it's one hour uh, every month second Saturday at noon, and we have a makeup class that takes place on the second Monday uh, in the evening at 6.30. Um, this, this month, or June rather, that makeup class will be on the first Monday, June 3rd at 6.30, but typically this makeup is on the second Monday. So again, second Monday, 6.30, second Saturday, 12 noon. It's the same class repeated because we know people have busy schedules and we hope that they can make one of those uh, sessions. And I think it's a wonderful it's a, offering. Wow. It's, 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 I mean, we, this is our third year. We've had a, a wonderful outpouring of people coming and the testimonies of people getting out of debt and staying out of debt and you know, a lot of this stuff, Blair, is just simply changing the way we think. You know, mm-hmm. we come out of our mother's wombs thinking that we never have enough of anything. Right. And, you know, and then we teach this program based on the Dr. DeForest uh, Suri's teaching that, you know, it's, it's not necessarily an income issue, but it's an outgo issue. We have to really change our mindset with regard to what's the difference between a want and a need. And a lot of times we go out and we spend things, spend on things that frankly are just wants and we don't look at the long-term impact of that. Yes, I love it. It's such a um, contradiction to what everything else teaches us. You know, I shared on the show before about being inundated with debt, you know, as soon as I left my mother's house, there was an opportunity to purchase some debt <laughs> right there by undergrad. You know, and so well, I'm just... We're, we're, we're bombarded with I mean, I we are 26 years in the cable industry, and believe me, there's a reason why when you go into the grocery store, 
and you you know you you just want to get one thing. You're just going in there to get one thing, and you walk out with a grocery bag full of everything. Full and of the everything. reason that happens is because you've been bombarded bombarded all week. TV pop up ads yep. on your phone, social media. And so by the time you get in the store, you don't know the difference between a one and an eight. You're buying things that you, <laughs> you know, you don't even know why you're buying them. And, so, and so we get into all of that. We get into confused spending and conspicuous spending and, you know, plain old, you just, you know, uh, you know, just uh, compensatory spending where we're trying to compensate. You know, mm-hmm. my mom didn't see the Chuck E. Cheese when I was a kid. So I'm right. going to take my kid to Chuck E. Cheese. Every weekend. Uh, <laughs> you know, right. even though I yes. can't afford it, I have to do it. And yes. uh, you would have been better off, and the child, frankly, would have enjoyed better you going to Kroger, getting a box of cake mix, and, you know, just baking wow. a cake and having to able to put her finger in the bowl and everything else, you know. Mm-hmm. But we, we're doing it not for the child, we're doing it for ourselves, compensated for something that we didn't have. Yeah. And that's what we teach in the course. So breaking down some of that emotional baggage that <sighs> impacts our finances, I love it. I'm just going to reiterate here what you said. You said it's a one-hour class, second Saturday of every month at noon. And it's at yes. First Baptist Butte Street, 418 East Butte Street. Yes. How can I and register I, for the class? Uh, here's an email I'll give you. Uh, you can contact me at gary at gmccullum.com. And we'll send you all the registration information. So that's Gary at gmccollum.com. I'll spell that last one. Uh, that's G-M-C-C-O-L-L-U-M.com. And again, it is free of charge. All we want to do is to see you get out of debt and stay out of debt and start being a blessing to all those people that you really should be being a blessing to. And, wow. um, and it can happen if we change the way that we think. I love it, Gary. Thanks so much for joining us today and sharing this great information. Um, I hope that folks will sign up. I'm sure that they will. Thank you again. All right. Take care. Thank you for all you do. Appreciate you. Bye-bye. For sure. Thank you. And thank you all for tuning in to this 36th edition of Black Wall Street today. I hope you got as much out of it as I did. I am hungry. (laughs) Next week, we're focusing. This is appropriate, right? We're going from food to fitness. Uh, We'll have some fitness professionals joining us. Phenomenal. Folks that actually own and operate gyms. So we'll be talking about that particular business. I look forward to chatting with you all next week. Have a great one. Stay with us online at Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Black Wall Street Today on Instagram. And then follow us on Twitter as well at BWS Today. We look forward to talking again next week. Have a wonderful week. I have said and I will continue to say that the most important priority for the black community is the black community, not a particular political party. Hey, yo, when I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black Wall Street. When I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black. When I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black. When I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black. Black Wall Street, Black Wall Street. Phenomenal.